0: in the morning fear fear will cloudy your thought process cloudy your mind you will not be able to concentrate you will not be able to meditate you will not be able to spend time with the lord and you will blame it on everything in the world except what it really is the problem and it said you're going through a time of testing, through a time of trial, through a time of tribulation. And I want you to understand, you remember last week I talked to you about, it seems like that when you go through one, one's experience and your faith grows, you think, wow, man, I'm strong now spiritually. I'm bucked up. I can handle the next test. No, wrong. <coughs> because the next test requires more faith than the last one took. And that's what happened for Elisha. I mean, it took... One amount of fear to confront, I mean, one amount of courage to confront Elijah, I mean, confront 850 men who were all prophets of a dead God. But it took another amount of faith to confront one woman. And so in this passage of Scripture, he was willing to say, I had courage, but now I had fear. And I want you to know today that I don't know what's going on in your life, but if you're not careful, you can be on the mountaintop one minute. And shouting the victory and waving the flag and saying, I have been victorious. I have got it all figured out. I have won the battle. And the next minute, you can be in the mountain, inside the mountain, saying, Rocks cover me. Rocks hide me. Rocks protect me. Don't let people know where I'm at. I'm shutting myself up in the innermost part of the earth. I don't want anybody to know where I am because I'm scared. Or as a real scared person says, I'm scared. I'm hiding. I'm hiding because my fear, my courage was replaced with fear. But what I want you to know today is the same God that was the God of the victory of Mount Carmel could have been the God who would have been the victor over Jezebel. I want you to know that God will not leave you. God will not forsake you. And yes, you may be praying to die one minute. But if you will just believe in the plan of God and throw your hands up in the air and say, Lord I don't like what's going on. Lord I don't feel good. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. But I'm going to trust in you one day you'll look back and say lord thank you for not answering that prayer thank you for not answering that stupid prayer to kill me because what you're doing in my life today is greater than what i thought was happening in the past now you got to be real careful because everybody has a point of no return that's what happened with my friend this week Everybody has a point of no return. This week, I know of three people in our area that took their life. Three people. And on the surface, it looked like they all had it all together. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about not having things. They all had things. They all had money. They weren't hungry. They weren't doing without. But something happened in their life that snapped and they passed a point of no return and they said, the things that are against me are greater than the things that are for me. And I want you to know something on the authority of the word of God. It says this, if God be for you, then who in the world could ever be against you? Who in the world could ever be against you? If God is for you, if God is for you, God is the majority all by himself. He is the sum of all equations. Don't trade your courage for fear. And then he traded faith for doubt. The man who had enough faith to sit by the brook of cherubim and wait on a bird to bring him food. The man who had enough faith to climb on top of a dead boy's body and stretch himself out and pray for that boy to be brought back to life, was now saying, I don't have enough faith to make it through this trial. I don't have enough faith for this test. When all God really asked him for was the faith the size of a mustard seed. See, it wasn't ever about the amount of faith. It was just all about the amount of trust. And faith is trust. What is faith? Faith is living like something that is so, that isn't so, is so, in order for it to be so, because God said so. That's faith. Living that way. Living that way. We all reach those moments. (laughs) I had a moment like this this week. I mean, last week, you remember I told you the story about the $4,000 gift that came from somebody who's never even set foot on our property but heard about our vision and said, I want to help that church in Peru. You remember I shared that story? Well, this week, man, we've been planning and working on the, 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 the plan and the phase for the next, what God's doing in the fall and the, and, and, and the spring of next year. And, man, I've just been looking at that. And, and, and Pastor Ralph and Pastor Matt know me. It's just been, you're like, Lord, okay, how are you going to do this? Where are we going to get the money for that? And, and, matter of fact, I was talking to, to somebody at the bank this week, and I'm like, I just don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. You know, I don't know. I don't, I do and they looked at me and said, Really? Really? That's what they told me. They're sitting there and say, really? You're doubting God? After all that He's done for you, really? You just told us about $4,000 last week that God brought you supernaturally and you're doubting it today. coming! Don't you hate when they're right? I'm telling you. I'm telling you what I know. You have to keep believing. You have to keep having faith. You never can quit. You never get to a point where you say, I don't need any more faith. I've got enough faith to take me home. Because that's what Elijah did. I mean, he's like, man, I'm the man. Single-handedly, I took down 850 people. My faith is at an all-time high. Would you agree with that with Elijah? Amen. I don't need any more faith. But wait a minute. He's now completely depleted, as though he never had any faith. And so he exchanged his faith for doubt, and he began to question God, not without waiving his works and his religious expertise. Lord, I single-handedly kept walking with you. When your children quit walking with you, when the church quit walking with you, I kept walking with you. There may be somebody in here today, this may be your first time back to church in a long time, because that's what you've said. I, man, I quit church a long time ago when because the church did this and the church did that, and they quit serving God, and they quit singing my kind of music, and they quit preaching my kind of preaching, they quit doing my kind of ministry, and they quit doing this and they quit doing that, and I just had enough of it, and I walked out on it. And you may say, I've got good reasons... So no longer serve God. But here's what I want you to know. Is that God was never really impressed what you were, with what you were doing. God was impressed with your love for Him. And the problem never took place in the church you were attending. The problem took place in the battlefield of our heart. And our heart began to feel differently about God. And because our heart began to feel differently about God, we began to view the things we were doing differently and the way, things, the way people were doing those things differently. And so it changed our vantage point and our perspective. And we began to look through a different set of lenses and they brought about a false narrative. you got to be careful about the battlefield of the heart. Or you'll exchange your faith for doubt and then Elijah exchanged one more thing. He exchanged his authority of being a prophet. Now last week we talked about what a priest was. A priest was somebody who goes on behalf of man to God. They go to man and man, hear man's prayer and they go to God and they intercede. But Elijah wasn't a priest. He didn't go meet with man and try to get with God. He got with God and went and met with man. And he says, here's what the Lord says. How long will you falter between two opinions? And so he had the authority of God as a prophet. And he was willing to exchange that. I know this is going to seem a little weird. He ended up exchanging that. For just being a son. He lost his prophet authority. And God said now you go and anoint Elisha to take your place. Elisha. Elijah, the great man of God. Was now being put out to pasture. Because he was no longer willing to have that kind of faith. And live that kind of life. It happens. Matter of fact, it happens to the best of them. Think about John the Baptist. The Bible said, Jesus said this about John the Baptist, a man born of woman, there is none greater. And John the Baptist was such a great preacher of the gospel and preacher of repentance that his preaching found himself in jail. And in jail... He sent his disciples to Jesus and asked Jesus this question. Now, remember what John the Baptist said in the beginning of the book of Luke. Look, here comes the Lamb of God. Behold, the Lamb of God, John said. It takes away the sins of the world. Jesus said, John, baptize me. He said, oh, no, Lord, I can't baptize you, Lord. I'm not even worthy to buckle your sandals. And Jesus said, man, quit worrying about the sandals and just baptize me. That's my translation. You summarize it like that. and He did and followed in baptism. As a matter of fact... John the Baptist said, we looked at it a couple of weeks ago. He said, I'm just simply a friend of the bridegroom. I must decrease, he must increase. We looked at all that very intricately, but you know what? When John found himself in prison, you know what his question was? That he sent his disciples to ask John the Baptist, Are you the one? Or should we look for another? The man who Jesus said, a man born of woman, there are none greater, was now sitting in prison questioning his motives, questioning a person he thought was the Messiah. What I want you to know is that, honey, you are not immune. When you give your heart to Jesus Christ, he doesn't put you inside a holy bubble, contrary to televangelist preaching, and say you will no longer have adversity, you will no longer have hardship. And I want you to know that you can keep giving and you can keep tithing and you can give your offerings, but you're 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 still not exempt from adversity. You cannot buy your way out of the testing ground. The testing ground is not for sale. It's the refining process. The refiner's process. You cannot bypass it by your money. You cannot bypass it by sowing your seed of faith, honey. You've got to go through it or you'll never amount to anything for the glory of God. Because the reason God allows us to be hard-pressed on every side is so that that which is in us that is not of Him may come to the top and all the impurities be burned out. The refiner called it the dross. And it will allow that to be burned out to the top. I remember for years... For years, I would sit down in the building of the church where I was pastoring. I'd sit at the same place every day. And I'd say, Lord, I'd pray that prayer out of Malachi. And I'd say, Lord, I'd pray that prayer out of Malachi. I'd say, Lord, set the refiner's fire in the midst of this church. And God, burn out everything in this church that doesn't glorify you. I didn't know one day you would take me literally and burn that dude to the ground. (laughs) Yeah, Amen. And when that thing began to burn, it began to bring out all kind of stuff that nobody ever knew was happening. And it began to come to the top. Why? Because when you're tested, when you're hard-pressed, what's on the inside comes to manifest itself on the outside. And I'm telling you that when that happens, don't you quit. You don't worry about holding on to the hem of his garment. Because he's holding on to you. When that happens, all you have to do is be a son. And be a daughter. Because you have a father that will love you. You have a father that will manifest his love in your life. All you have to do is be willing to lay in his arms. And let him be your father. Look at Elijah. Before he ever found himself hiding in the rocks, what did God do? His boy, his son, his son was laying on the ground sleeping, depleted from energy, depleted, from, depleted physically, depleted emotionally, and God sent an angel to make him breakfast. said, son, wake up, man. Wake up, boy. You need to eat. And he looked, and God had him some hot bread. I mean, it wasn't no warmed-over biscuits. It was fresh. He looked, and there was a jug of water. He said, eat and drink. You know what else happened? God let him go back to sleep. Let him get some more rest. And then he woke him up again and said, son, come on. You need to eat a little more. You need to drink a little Because the journey ahead of you is difficult. But son. I hadn't forgot where you are. I'm going to keep on feeding you. I'm going to keep on nourishing you. All along the journey. Now a lot of people say Elijah (laughs) failed Because God put somebody in his place. Not really. I mean he may have. Failed in his faith, but he didn't fail in his relationship. And so, what I want you to understand about this is that one day I'm fixing to I'm, get this right here. Ooh, mercy! Where's time go when you preach? Okay. One day, one day he was he was just walking along the road, and God said, "You know what, Elijah? Today I think it's closer to my house than it is yours." And whoo! This fiery chariot sweeped down in the midst of Elijah and Elisha, the guy who he was grooming to take his place, and Elijah was no more. He didn't die. God just said, come on, son. Come on, boy. Today is closer to my house than it is yours. You know what that means? Oh, get this. you got to get this. If you didn't get anything else, get this. God doesn't love you for what you do for him. God loves you for who you are. God didn't love Elijah anymore because he went up there on that mountain and said, Today's the day. Today's the day. Choose who you serve. If it's God, serve God. He didn't love him anymore when he marched those eight hundred and fifty false prophets down in the valley and took care of business and killed them all. He didn't love him anymore at that moment. No, listen. He didn't. He didn't love him any less when he was depleted and hiding under a broom tree and couldn't keep his eyes open anymore. He didn't love him any less when he was hiding in the cave and he couldn't go forth anymore. He didn't love him any less. He didn't love him any less. He did not love him any less. God loved Elijah for Elijah. And I want you to know the day that God doesn't love you because you preach. God doesn't love you because you sing. God doesn't love you because you go to the mission field. God doesn't love you because you know all the books of the Bible. God loves you, not because you first loved him, but he loves you because he loves you. He doesn't love Billy Graham anymore than he does the guy who pastors the smallest church in the world or the person who's selling drugs today. There's only one God who is above all, in all, and through all. Today, you may be here. I don't know. You may be involved in... You know a homosexual lifestyle. You may be involved in sexual immorality. You may be involved in the pharmaceutical market that's not legal today. You may be involved in 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 all kind of drugs or all kind of bondage today. You may be you may you may have had an abortion in your life. Your life may be broken. You may seem to have no joy or no peace. I want you to know that regardless of how many pieces your life is broken into today, God loves you as much as He loves anybody. God never quit loving Elijah. He just said, son, I've got somebody else who can do your job now. But you know what? Today is closer to my house than it is yours. You know what what changed my life? was the day I realized that. I realized that if I never preached another message, never went on another mission trip, God still loved me. God didn't love me because I could preach. He loved me because I was his son. And he had no, no expectations except that I just love him. And today I don't know what God's doing in your life. Maybe you found yourself coming off of a great victory. A great victory to only find yourself now being overwhelmed by Depression. Or oppression. Maybe today you find yourself thinking God only loves me because of the what I do. And because of how I perform. Listen, would you trade that in today? Would you get rid of that faulty religion? Maybe you think God's only loving you because you sowed your seed of faith to some TV preacher. And you're waiting for your miracle to come because he sent you a handkerchief in the mail. Listen, I, 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 listen I, God doesn't love you because you sow a seed of faith. You sow a seed of faith because you love God. Can I say that again? Okay. God doesn't love you because you sow a seed of faith. You sow a seed of faith because you love God. And today, what I want you to do is to just cash in on the love of God. The love of God. All oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. All oh, the grace that brought it down to man. All oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. At Calvary. At Calvary, it was the love that drew that plan. And that dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, God will wash all my sins away. Mercy, stand to your feet this morning. I'm telling you today, God wants to do a work in your life. I'm telling you today, you can cash in your brokenness for blessedness. Today, you can trade in your religion for a relationship today you can trade in your depression for joy today you may need to trade in your prayer of Lord don't let me wake up in the morning to Lord do something fresh in the morning today is the day Look, I, you're not immune from it You're not immune from it. Elijah was not immune from it. But God ministered and loved Elijah through it all. Today, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I know you're doing a work. I know there's some folks that's oppressed. I know there's some folks that's overwhelmed. Oh, Lord. I know there's some folks that's struggling. God, Let this be the day that you transform lives. Let this be the day, Lord, that you restore that which is lame. And today that folks can upgrade, not junk, but that they would upgrade from being a child of the devil to a child of the king. Trade in, Lord. Just get rid of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If the Holy Spirit's touched your heart or life, this altar's open. Won't you come? Pastors will be here to pray with you. Won't you come today? Let's do business with the Lord. Let's don't wait. Let's don't linger. Come on this morning. Come on. Won't you come? Are you hiding out in some spiritual cave somewhere? Won't you come today? Crawl out of the rocks. Crawl out of the rocks. Crawl out. Won't you come? How about you, church?
1: Is there a stronghold in your life that you're unwilling to let go of?
0: Maybe it's a private struggle. Maybe it's a public struggle. Is there anything in your life that would keep you from proclaiming the love of God once you come today? Let God have His way in your heart and life. Cover you in waves of His love. <laughs> Once you come, God loves you for who you are, not for what you do. It's for by grace are you saved, not of your own works. will you come today? over you with his love
1: Open the fly is an Feel the rains of your spirit in the heartbeat of heaven. Let us hear. Feel the rains of your love. I feel the rains of your spirit in the heart.
0: into your heart. Love us so much. I just thank you for being here today and even right now speaking to hearts and lives. Um, Lord, we do need you every single moment, every single hour. Lord, we just, it's just too much to do life by ourselves. So, Lord, I just pray that you will be with your children in this place today. And, God, that your name would be exalted. Thank you for giving strength and encouragement today. I know there are some people here leaving differently than they came. And, God, that's all you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you'd be seated for just a moment, i got an announcement I want to make for you couple things coming up we're kicking off our new our new church year uh starting uh in september Uh, i know a lot of you have plans to be out of town um in september and um uh, i mean for labor day and so the wednesday after labor day we'll kick off our house churches we're doing a new study um where the client is leading our house churches for us and uh we have a couple of new groups that are starting in new areas and so uh I want you to find out more information about that. I know the Lord will bless you through house churches. Tremendous ministry. The other thing is um, our college kids are making their way back home now uh, for school. and uh, Man, we're excited about that. And next Sunday, next Sunday after church, we're going to feed the college students. They're going to bring some freshmen with them. That have just come to the universities this fall and so uh we'll be looking for a church family and, and that stuff and so uh if you want to help with that um if you'll see will will is working on that we don't really know what we're going to do yet but next sunday afternoon we're just going to have a good time for them get to welcome them home and then also um just spend some time with some of the new students who are coming this fall for the first time. So a big thing happening next week. We're excited about this fall. A lot of good stuff. We're in the process of uh, having uh, the women are in the process of doing a six weeks uh, exercise ministry here at the church. You'll see Miss Sis about that. She has some information. Beth Moore simulcast coming up in a couple of weeks if you'll see my wife about that. Lots of stuff happening. Also, one more thing that's very important. If you like fooling with uh, electronics and with websites and stuff, if you would see Will Larry, where you at Will, Uh, in the sound booth, Uh, our whole website needs a lot of help. Uh, We have a lot of new people who are coming, and they all tell us the same thing. Your website doesn't reflect who you are as a church. And so uh, we're going to be doing a lot of work on that this fall. And it's going to become a tool that we're using a whole lot uh, more frequently. And so if you'd like to help with that, see Wheel. Also, children's ministry. Uh, you may not have wanted to help with children's ministry before. They're going to meet for just about 10 minutes after church. are going to share the new structure and the new layout for the fall. And so if you would uh, stay for that with this Melissa, I know it would encourage her tremendously also on Wednesday nights they'll be kicking off the week after Labor Day good stuff we've 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 revamped Wednesday nights all together and basically uh, I think we come up it's gonna be called Super 7 and that's what they're gonna be doing here on Wednesday nights it's gonna be good stuff and how do you explain what's happening on Wednesday nights it's like church camp in one night so uh, it's gonna be a good good things that are happening so tell your friends tell your neighbors about that We're excited about everything that God's up to. Amen? Hadn't it been great to be here today? Oh, fish fry. That's next Saturday. The men. The men are meeting here at uh, 6 o'clock. If you want to hang out and cook and stuff, we'll be up here about 4.30 or 5. We're going to meet and uh, we're going to talk about our plans for the fall and what God needs to do in our lives uh, as the men of the church. And so we're going to meet up here next Saturday, fish fry. All right. Anything else? Let's stand at our feet. It's great to be here. If you're visiting, it's our privilege to have you today. Thank you for worshiping with us. Let's pray, and uh, we're going to be dismissed. Pastor Ralph, would you close us, please, in prayer?